It's time to start dreaming. The MLB draft is underway and teams and fans are thinking about the future. In this episode, the Stitches panel evaluates some of the top picks in the draft. Let's get to it. Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mannerfeld. It's a special MLB Draft edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm here with the whole panel. We've got the MLB Draft on live right now, about 20 picks in. We're going to give you some analysis on the on the several uh, first picks here. But first, let me introduce you to, to the panel. We've got Nick Budig, Robert Stangler, Noah Mannerfeld. How's it going, guys? You enjoying the draft so far? I love it. Yeah, great. Been, I like looking forward to the future. I don't think the the MLB draft gets as much uh, attention as like the NFL and the NBA draft does, but I think you can kind of see that the top 10 picks are usually the ones that make the biggest impact, so I think people need to pay attention. Well, I still remember Clint Frazier getting drafted. I remember back in the day when Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa got drafted, so it's kind of fun to look at this down the line. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg, back-to-back years, first overall. Yeah. Some crazy good talents to come through there. Same with the, the Arizona Diamondbacks, right, Robert? <laughs> yeah, they got seven. <laughs> seven. Oh, yeah. well. Dansby Swanson. Yeah, until you get rid of the first round. It's like Tukey and uh, Swanson. Yeah, exactly. Who did uh, the Diamondbacks pick over or miss over Dansby Swanson? You like to remind us of that one. Oh, yeah, Brendan Rogers. Colorado and Bregman, Rogers. right? Yeah, and Bregman, yeah. And Bregman. I, Bregman I, didn't think, I didn't know anything about Bregman, but he he turned out to be a stud. Absolutely. I I wouldn't doubt it if that comes up more uh, as our podcast grows. You probably will bring up the Dansby Swanson debacle, is what I'm calling it. The Dansby debacle. <laughs> mm-hmm. as I, <laughs> the Dan- Diamondback have- Dansby debacle. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, they got yeah. seven picks today, so we'll see what happens. Seven picks today. Is, that's good. Cardinals got a pitcher with their take. They just said something about Shelby Miller, Marco Gonzalez, and one other Michael Waka, yep, with the 19th pick. So I'm pretty happy with Zach Thompson. Uh, but you guys don't want us to talk too much about uh, the failed draft picks of the Diamondbacks. Uh, let's get... <laughs> I do, but I just want to laugh. <laughs> let's do the name game before uh, we get into uh, the MLB draft analysis. So I did a little bit different this year, guys, uh, or this this time around, guys. Um, since this is the MLB draft, I tried to pick like an MLB draft prospect. So I went to the MLB.com uh, board and I tried to find a name. So I might have twisted that name or found an actual name. You guys are going to have to decide uh, if it's an actual prospect for the MLB draft. You guys ready for this one? Let's do it. All right. So the name is going to be Homer Head. <laughs> Homer Head. Wow. He's an outfielder. Uh, he's Like I said, he's on the MLB.com draft board. Pretty average player. His scouting report says his best tool is running. So that's just what I got on running. Homer. <laughs> He's a good runner. I can't say I scouted this guy. So. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a shot in the dark. All right, let's go down the line here. Robert. Mm. I'm going to go with uh, he is a player. <clears throat> Noah? I'm saying no. Nick? I'm going to say no. All right. I feel like it's pronounced heat or something. That's why I'm going with it. 
Head well, I don't know how it's pronounced. I'll tell right, you right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Head sounds kind of goofy, <laughs> but I think maybe heat's possible. Okay. I'm going to go with it. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, name game at the end of the show. I will uh, say if that's a real player or not. Uh, before we get into the MLB draft discussion, I kind of forgot to remind you that we are on all the different podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe, rate, give us some feedback. We'd appreciate it. And uh, please send us your questions if you have any baseball questions you want to send uh, to the panel. That's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. Again, you can send your questions to thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate the fan input from you guys. All right, MLB Draft Talk. So Adley Rutschman, the first overall pick. I don't know if he was the consensus uh, first overall pick, but the Baltimore Orioles went ahead and, and picked him. I think a lot of the analysts were saying he was going to be uh, the first overall pick over Bobby Witt Jr. He's a catcher out of Oregon State. Uh, <clears throat> he's totally raking this year after a really good College World Series last year. He's got 17 home runs in 2019, 58 RBIs. He's got an OPS of 1344, and uh, that's to go along with his really good catching acumen, according to all the scouts. He's a, a great catcher, quiet hands, great arm, overall great player. Uh, I'll throw it to you guys and see what you think on Adley Rutschman as the first overall pick in the 2019 MLB draft. He reminds me a lot of uh, a Joe Maurer type, and that was, of course, the last first overall pick. I think Rutschman uh, puts a little bit more pride in his defense. Not that Maurer was a slouch defensively by any means, but Rutschman really seems to love playing catcher. He really seems to know uh, how to play in the field. There's an interview with Harold Reynolds in which he talked about pitch framing. Really interesting to hear him talk about that. Uh, has a really good mind, but then his bat. Uh, and you look at him swing, and you look at the way he hits the ball for the Oregon State Beavers, and uh, one of the uh, best hitters in college baseball. And he's playing some elite teams over there on the West Coast. And, uh, I mean, looking at his swing, it's kind of interesting. He moves his hands a lot in his swing, and I don't necessarily think that's good or bad. I just think it's kind of a funky swing, but it really gets the job done. Um, and he should be a consistent bat Um a lot of guys were comparing him maybe to the last uh, big catcher drafted, Matt Wieters, as well. But uh, so far, I feel like he's going to stick at catcher, and he's going to do well at catcher, even if his bat doesn't come around as much of his defense. The first, uh, last first overall catcher to be taken was obviously Joe Maurer, as Twins fans will know pretty well, in 2001. But, uh, I mean, you can't really consider Bryce Harper a catcher. But when he was drafted, there were talks about him playing catcher. But I think there was a consensus that he'd be moved to the outfielder or whatever. So this is the first true catcher taken since Joe Maurer. Robert, your thoughts? Yeah, personally, I do like this move because, like you said, Noah, Matt Wieters, very good. I don't know if it's a comp for him, but I think it's a very good um, person to bring up with a catcher like this caliber because the Orioles know a little bit of something about making good catchers like they did with Matt Wieters. I think there's very good potential, like you guys said, pitch framing with him, uh, calling good games. I really like the catcher ability. My only question is when you have such a good talent like him, just like how Bryce Harper was a catcher and turned into an outfielder, is he going to stick at catcher? Now, I, I did mention he is a very good defensive catcher, but because he's a first overall and you want to make sure he's healthy, you want to make sure you're getting everything you want out of him, is it smart? Is it the right move? Baltimore is really looking for super great, talent, talented uh, p players, and I think there is a very strong risk here that if it gets hurt mm -hmm. and there's a lot of injuries you know, popping up, is he going to get bounced around? Is he going to be moved to outfield? Is it third base? Where is he going to stick? I love 
what he is doing as a catcher. I don't know about his bat yet. I actually did not do my homework as far as his stick, but I think there's a lot to like in this guy only if it pans out and he's injury free, even if he's a catcher. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I have to, I'm going to have to agree and echo what Robert said uh, on his potential move from him. Um, being, being a number one overall pick, like, like Robert said, it's, it's scary when you kind of think of the injuries that catchers kind of have and, Again, being the number one overall pick, you want him to last long. And you see a lot of these catchers get moved around. See Harper do that. Uh, we heard talks about Francisco Mija getting moved out there. And then even Posey and Maurer, even those later in their careers, got kind of moved out there a little bit, probably a little bit too late. Uh, but, I mean, it still added about five years onto their career. And I think with a team like the Orioles, I mean, they can, they could put him at really at right field, first base, third base. And, again, he can still catch and he can improve all those positions. So I don't think this was never really a, a pick in my question, in my mind that they should question. This was the, the pick to go with. Um, he has he has gap power, and it's very impressive when I was watching some some of his opposite field power. Uh, being a switch hand, switch hitter, especially, you look at the the grades they gave me sixty across the board outside of the outside of the forty for the run. But I mean that's that's a catcher kind of thing. But I think this was a good pick by them. I think. Anywhere he goes, his his stick should follow, and I do really like his defense. Um, but I, I I don't think it's something that they should really envision him being a, a full time catcher at the major league level. I I I think when you're drafting a guy who's been a catcher his entire life and he's really dedicated his craft to being a catcher, I don't I don't think you necessarily should take him away from that catcher role, and it's really hard to put him anywhere else besides first base, really. Um, just because his speed doesn't really seem to be there, and I don't think he's really has experience at any other plate place. And um, I mean, yeah, catchers do uh, get injured sometimes, but also, I mean, he's 21 years old. He's an older prospect. It's not like he's really young in high school. He's had a chance to develop and gain uh, really valuable uh, catching skills. Um, so I, I think he's going to stay catcher. I think he's going to do well at catcher. Um, and I, I, cause I mean, keep in mind, Joe Maurer drafted as a catcher stayed as a catcher. Um, he, he has the catcher build, whereas Bryce Harper was a catcher, but wasn't really the kind of catcher that we think of when we think of a major league catcher, he had more speed than he could play in the outfield. Just a side note here. How presidential does Rob Manfred look like in the blue suit and the red tie? <laughs> <laughs> He, he didn't could know run, for, really he could run for president yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, Adley, I think, Nick, I kind of want to echo a little bit. I think it's going to be a delayed move from the position like Joe Maurer was. He played catcher for the first few years of his career and then moved to first base. I think Adley is going to be one of those guys that when he's younger, he can play that catcher position and take the grueling, you know, 140 games a season. But then when he gets into his 30s, kind of like Buster Posey and Joe Maurer, they're going to yeah. move him. I think that that's where I could see it happening uh, just, just to keep his back going. It's just the issue that if this is your franchise, future franchise guy, how are you going to keep him healthy? That's just the biggest thing for me. That's it. I think that's a question for him, for all of them, though. Yeah. I, think, not just, yeah, I know it's catching is a hard position, but there's pitchers. And right. That's a question for all pitchers. Right. But this is but, first overall. That's the, but, that's but the only thing. Catching is part of what makes his value. Him being a catcher makes him significantly. We, I mean, it was a big thing when Joe Maher moved to first base. He was significantly less valuable as a first baseman. Mm hmm. I mean, I think I, I think Adley has more power than Maurer. I think he's oh, and Adley developed his power. His he's developing his power still, which I think is really the yeah. The best and so part I, I think that's why it could play at first base in his in long term. Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah, Maurer, being a and being a five I home see. run guy at first base, doesn't play very well. 
I see it. I, I think he's too good behind the plate as a catcher for them to move him from there quite yet. And I think you've got to wait down the line. If injuries start to pop up, then you move him from catcher. But right now, there doesn't seem to be any caution to putting him at catcher. That's fair. What do you guys think about, I mean, Bobby Witt was there. He was getting some late rumblings about being the first overall pick. Went to the Kansas City Royals, number two. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is a big projectable guy, five-tool guy. Any thoughts on him going second overall? Is that where he was should have gone? I think easily is where he should have gone uh, in the top two. And he it was him and it was Rushman that we really expected uh, to go in that top two. And Bobby Witt, he's one of those toolsy guys uh, at shortstop that we've seen pop up in baseball in the last few years. And Robert and I were actually talking about this a little bit during the draft and that speed guys haven't gotten as much love because now in the major leagues, we're looking for that next Francisco Lindor, Jose Altuve, where they have speed, but they add that power and they add that tools, the ability. And I think Bobby Wood Jr. fits that profile perfectly. The Royals are in a rebuild, and so they have time to wait for Bobby Wood Jr. And so I think it's the perfect fit for Kansas City. Yeah, I saw I saw something where I can't remember what, what article it was. I was reading up online. And I saw something that said a little bit of a defense like Nick Ahmed, actually a really good defender, and he has good speed. And Ahmed actually was a pretty good defensive uh, shortstop in the minors and also very quick in stealing bases. So there could be some kind of comp there as well. Um, you know, we looked at defensive run saves in today's game, especially for shortstops, a big deal. And Ahmed and Andrelton Simmons are the top last year in defensive run saves. So I think if he can be a good defensive and speedy shortstop, there's good value. I don't know if the bat will be exceptional. We'll mm-hmm. see. You know, I didn't like the long swing either from what I saw, just from some tape. You know, obviously there's a lot of room to change and get better. But I, I think if he could be a good defensive shortstop and have stealing a capability, there's still great potential here, guys. I don't know and about you. Part, the best part is he can move positions too if he doesn't develop a shortstop. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you you brought the the uh, Francisco Lindor thing. I think that's something everyone's looking for, and and he definitely has that five tool potential. Obviously, it's he's a little bit more of a fielder than a hitter. Uh, he's still a very good hitter, but I think a, a fun thing for him and his family is that he got to be a pick ahead of his dad, who was picked third overall in the 1985 draft. So that's a a little fun thing for them. And but I think that also proves the his ability and that he has a little bit of that that athletic. Um, nature in his family where he could potentially still play at shortstop and he does have the arm for it that's always been the issue a lot a lot of shortstops um and then again like i said the five tool athlete will make him will help him with the the range factor and i i i think ahmed's a great comp to him and uh i think this is a great spot for him being number two overall one interesting note on bobby wood jr he's gonna be an old he's one of the older players in the high school class he'll he'll be 19 in, uh, mm-hmm. in actually a couple weeks. So it's actually pretty old for a high school player. I know that was brought up a few times by some teams. But other than that, I think there's really no knocks on him. He's a very predictable guy, and I think he could he's going to be a solid MLB player, if not great. Okay, let's move on to the uh, our uh, underrated players of the draft so far. Uh, we we kind of went through some of the picks that have, have uh, gone on, or they're on the board right now, about 21 picks through and picked... Some of our favorite guys who we thought maybe should have risen the ranks a little bit. I'll start with my guy. Jackson Rutledge was drafted 17th overall by the Nationals. Uh, he comes out of a junior college in Texas. He's committed to the University of Kentucky. This is a guy with a plus fastball. It can reach 99 miles an hour. And I know that we've had some issues with fastball pitchers in the past, uh, particularly high school pitchers. This is a guy who's 20 years old now. 
He's still throwing hard. And I think there's a lot of room to grow in his breaking pitch. Uh, he's got an upper 80s slider, and I think if they can kind of hone in on that slider, uh, he's also got a, a curveball. So he's got a couple different breaking pitches to work with, uh, and they can both be kind of the out pitch, the wipeout pitch for uh, Jackson Rutledge. I think he should have went higher. I actually kind of wanted the Twins to take him at pick 13. We'll talk a little bit about who the Twins picked a little later, but Jackson Rutledge is my uh, underrated guy. I think he's going to be a really good fit for the Nationals, and uh, they, they've had some uh, good arms coming to that organization as well. All right, let's move on to who's next. It's Robert. Who's your guy? I think, uh, okay, this is the guy you've been talking about for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should come to no surprise. My guy is uh, outfield Arizona State, Sun Devil, Hunter Bishop. Now, the funny thing is you guys might think I have a bias for him, and maybe, maybe not. Here's what I'll tell you that I like about him. What I see is Harper, Bryce Harper, that is correct, Bryce Harper power Ooh. with Cody Bellinger's speed. And defense. That's so what I'm seeing with this you're guy. You're telling me this guy is going to be the best player in the majors. No, wow. I'm not saying I like that. that. I'm I like saying, that call. I'm saying I like what Stick I'm seeing. It. And this is this is a potential player that I think a lot of people slept on because he did not go as high as you know I thought he might go. He went in the 10th round to the San Francisco Giants. I'm kind of sad. He's not going to – I don't know how the power is going to show up in San Francisco, but I know at Coors Field it's getting out of here. So I, I really like this guy a lot. I think there's – a huge stardom. I mean, a future all-star player right here, guys. And he's going to come through the system fast. Giants need players. He's a core future player for the Giants. I'm a huge fan, and I'm going to stick with that huge comp that I have. Bryce Harper power. Remember it. And Cody Bellinger speed with defense. Very toolsy player. You got it, guys. <laughs> Off to you, guys. Yeah. The Arizona State is treats you well. You got the Diamondbacks. You got Arizona State. I think your bias is clear, Robert. I can't we'll take see. you seriously. Hey, we'll see, man. We'll wow. see. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so if, yeah, if he's Bryce Harper and Cody Bellinger, I think we're talking about the next best player of all time. I don't he's know about that, but good player, yes. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's definitely got some lights, light tower power. I think the issue with some scouts is the swing and miss stuff, right? Uh, and that and Harper has that too. So you know, I like he does. it. I like he it. Does. Yeah, I like it a lot. There's no doubt about it. All right, so Hunter Bishop for Robert uh, Noah. What about you? I'm going to go with a guy who uh, he was the number one pitcher on the board, but that doesn't mean he was necessarily high up on the rankings. It was actually Nick Lodolo out of TCU. And Nick Lodolo, the number eight prospect on the MLB draft prospect ratings, uh, he is a college arm, lefty and, and lanky. And actually on the draft coverage on MLB Network, Trevor Bauer, um, when uh, he analyzed Lodolo and he comped him to Cole Hamels, that type of arm. And, and Blake Snow. And Blake Snell as well. Yeah. He said he could be future Blake Snell. But when they wow. put Cole Hamels and him right next side by side, their lineups looked almost exactly the same. And that really makes me excited. He's got a mid 90 sinker, uh, can reach 96 or 97, they say. And I think he's a really fun prospect from the left side. And these left handed arms are really valuable. Uh, and so with him getting drafted number seven overall to the Cincinnati Reds. I think he's a good arm for the Reds, and I think he can advance through the system quickly. And that's what happens when, with all these college bats and arms. They're going to be coming up really quick. I think we're going to see a lot of these draft prospects uh, debut in the major soon. Another interesting point to make is how far, I, I don't know how far, but pitchers aren't really highly rated anymore mm. as they used to be. I mean, you used to see, mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Casey Mize to the Tigers, uh, you see these pitchers like really top overall picks, and they—I don't know if it's just the talent in this year's pool, or maybe they're not being rated as high because of the injuries. Just something interesting I've noted. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's a trend, really. I think it's somewhere we have to watch out for, though. Maybe I think the bats are really advanced right now. Yeah, so real, there's some so, really good bats. 
So real quick, no, is he a Cole Hamels and a Snell? <laughs> no, he's a hybrid. He's yeah, a exactly. so, so he's gonna be one of the better pitchers moving forward. So he's gonna be he's gonna be a Cy Young, and then Hunter Bishop's gonna win yeah, exactly. the MVP. Exactly. No, I'm just playing with you, man. He's gonna, he's gonna be World Series MVP. He's he's gonna watch win. out for 2022. All go. these guys. He's gonna, gonna be president out. someday. Yeah. All right, Nick. Let's go with your underrated stud in this draft. Well, I was gonna. This guy, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Ken Griffey Jr. and Willie Mays. Um, wow. Okay, no, he's a <laughs> no, he's a Corbin Carroll, um, the high schooler out of Washington. He actually reminds a lot of people in a lot of comparisons to a two form to a former Boston Red Sox and a current Boston Red Sox outfielder, Jacoby Ellsbury and Andrew Benatendi. He's kind of an undersized guy, which is kind of why he got a little looked over, but. The really big thing that is his calling card is his speed and his ability to cover ground in the outfield. Uh, he has a good spray chart from the left side. Um, he's got a little bit of power that kind of looks like he'll come into. Uh, again, he's not not a huge guy, so it's not like he's going to develop massive light tower power. But he's just kind of a he's a has a high floor, and which is kind of something you really like with these outfielders. Uh, I know Arizona got him, and so I think that's a great pick for that team. And I know. Hopefully Robert will like him because I, I I really like him and the one thing that's maybe he's gonna be a little bit overglorified is his arm I think that's a little bit of a weakness on his but still if he's gonna cover ground um, I think that's just the big thing for center fielders and uh, that's I think that's why he's really underrated is just his height and not being the big physical center fielder a lot of guys are looking for mm-hmm. yeah that low the high floor is really important when you talk about the when you talk about the draft too, because some some teams like to play a little more safe, and you got your really you got your really high risk but low floor type of guys. Then you got your high floor, maybe not as type, not as uh, um, not as much potential as you would like, um, but they're a little more safe. So I think that's kind of key too. The Arizona went a little more of the safe route, but definitely a solid player all around. I think in a, a game of shifts as well, um, Corbin Carroll going to all fields, that really plays mm. well with teams trying to do that defensive shifting. He can uh, mess with that shift and get more hits. I, th- I think Inciarte, they had Inciarte, AJ Pollock, the Dimebacks just know how to make defensive outfielders. I love it, guys. I'll just keep Justin it like Upton. that. Yep, Justin Upton. I'll keep it as it is. Upton, <laughs> By the way, why is Randy Johnson's being interviewed on TV right now? Why does he look like an '80s like movie mobster? He barely talked too. That's the point. Always been like that. <laughs> he is an odd guy. That's yeah, he's very interesting. <laughs> they had great a great pitcher, just like not a biggest personality out no, there. No, no, he's also pretty quiet. <laughs> they had him talking to prospects. He was looking at the camera and like forcibly talking to him. It was funny. <laughs> and I can can I talk a little about how I don't know if you guys were watching the pre-draft stuff, but they were interviewing some of the high schoolers. It was like really cringy. Because some oh, of these guys just like aren't really good at talking, oh, and yeah, right. they probably only talk to the really local bad. paper every once in a while. I, they do it every year, and I'm like, just stop. Just try to maybe interview just the college guys because these right. high school guys just Give don't. Give these really kids have a break. Stuff. My coach, yeah. man, he's he's helping me make contact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's saying like my dad, and like you could tell they, one of them was like visibly shaking, and I kind of felt bad for yeah, him. Like, yeah, yeah. You're on There's national no... stage. You're 18 exactly. years old. Exactly. I don't know if I could have done that. No, I still suck. You could not. Right. All right, let's go on to the Twins pick here to wrap up kind of our first round recap. So the the Twins kind of went a uh, kind of an unexpected route, but that's kind of what the Twins have been doing these days, kind of sneaking up on people. Uh, Keone Keone Cavaco, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, He's a California high schooler, third baseman. 
kind of under the radar, as I mentioned. We talked a little bit before the show about how it might have been a little bit of a money-saving uh, tool by the Twins to go with him. A guy who's under the radar might not ask as much money. Uh, I thought they should have went with uh, with my guy, um, Jackson Rutledge, but they went with uh, Keone Cavaco. Uh, we'll send it down the line here, see, get your input on what the Twins uh, pick, your thoughts. Robert, what are your thoughts on Cavaco? Well, for me, I think he's an Addison Russell-type player at third base. Yeah, Russell was a shortstop with the Oakland Athletics, but I think he's going to be a pretty good third baseman. We'll see how his bat plays, but I think he's got good speed, something the Twins like to see, and a lot of defense. Uh, Twins are big advocates for defense. You guys you know, know that. We all know that. Twins love the defense. I think he's a good defensive third baseman in the future. What about you, Noah? I think he's a, a sleeper, and he actually earlier on last spring or last summer, he didn't really get on very many boards, and so he didn't get to play in many of those high-level competitions, um, and so he didn't appear until last fall, and that really uh, allowed him to fly under the radar. He's going to be a lot cheaper um, due to that because he's not as proven. But I think I number one, I have all my trust in Derek Falvey and Thad Levine after this season and seeing their draft picks. Um, but also, I think you know, I think he he can develop, and I think uh, he can rise up that pro- those prospect ranks. Nick, what about you with the Twins? Yeah, I think uh, consistency is the key, as kind of Noah just brought up. Uh, he hasn't really seen the top-end talent like a lot of these guys have seen. And he is the youngest uh, guy in the, that's been drafted so far, being born in 01. Um, his calling card is his defense, and I think that's something that should play for him in the big league level, especially at third base. Um, he has a little bit of pop. not too, It's a little bit of a swing and miss kind of into his game, but again, that's just kind of where the, where the game's going. Uh, I I kind of liked it. Again, it's a save, money-saving move for the Twins, which you kind of mentioned, Luke. They've kind of been a keen to the past couple of years, but I think it was a good pick for them. Mm-hmm. His birthday so, was yesterday, by the way. Just oh, happy birthday. You got you jumped up on a draft board. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. And Movie.com had him as a 28th ranked, so that's wow. why it's a little surprising. Mm-hmm. So he jumped up, you know, almost that's 15 I think, spots. I think it's a safe pick. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah I think we're all in agreement. It's, it's a good, and the Twins just know. I mean, Royce Lewis, he's having a bad year this year, and people were knocking on on the Twins picking him first overall instead of Hunter Green mm. a couple of years ago. But I mean, Royce Lewis dominated last year, and he had strikeout rates up this year. But he, I mean, he he looks like a solid player, and I, I'm excited to see how uh, Cavaco kind of blossoms under the Twins' uh, tutelage. All right, that'll wrap up our MLB draft uh, recap. It's still going on now, so we might talk about it a little bit next week, guys. And uh, wrap up a little bit better than what we could do tonight, but I think we just we did a good job just kind of talking about some of the top guys, some of the top names that people might be talking about from years to come. I think I saw a stat that if the players drafted in the first round have an eighty percent a better chance than any other players of making the major league. So first round in the MLB draft is just super important. And I know mm-hmm. you know Dimebacks, Robert, big day for them. They got seven picks today, including like the compensation rounds and. Uh, it's going to be an important one for all these teams to to make the right choices. And send, uh, there's some really good projectable guys, as we talked about in this uh, in these first few rounds. All right, let's do the name game, the special name game for the MLB draft. So I gave you Homer Head, mm. Homer Head, a high school uh, player, and that is not a real name. Uh, man, I'll tell you, I was go with me, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but it's. I think uh... the f- after him. And it actually might be Heed, but there's actually a Hudson head or a Hudson Heed. That's oh, where I got. Wow. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, heat sounded nice. Head was kind of questionable, but I, I went for it. Screw it. Shout out to Hudson, number two. He's a good runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has 60 run. Yeah. <laughs> Hudson. Shout out to Hudson, uh, Churchill High School, uh, number 22. He's going to get a lot of love on this podcast going forward. We're going to keep up with him. Is he a All good right, Hudson? He's our new favorite player. We've adopted him as our favorite player. Along with Trey Marbles. <laughs> All right, Hudson. We'll talk to you in the future. We should get him on the podcast. Actually, yeah, yeah, I love it. All right, well, thanks for sticking with us through the MLB draft recap. We're going to talk a little bit about it next week. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about some uh, MLB season updates as well. So we hope you listen to that. A little reminder: we are in all the Stitch or all the podcast platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. You can listen to us on all those platforms. You can email us at thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. Send your questions there. We'd love to uh, feature you on air. Again, that's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks.